You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Bears Illustrated Podcast. Garrett Ross, we're Perday Malapati here with you. And, man, it is a new time for Baylor athletics, particular Baylor football, particularly the quarterback position with Blake Shapin getting the nod over Gary Bohannon. And, Perday, you put out the story why Blake Shapin should win the quarterback battle. And, I mean, you're like Nostradamus. I don't know what the hell else to say. You, you, you nailed this one. But tell us why. You, you were really high on this. Intrigue me. Tell me why. Yeah, so, first of all, just watching the two guys play – in the spring game, it was pretty clear to me that Blake Shapin was the better quarterback. He was just simply more accurate. He was throwing much stronger passes. Um, <clears throat> the decisions he made were were really, really good decisions. Like there was one where there was a neutral zone infraction on the defensive line. He throws it up for a jump ball on the sideline. Not only is it, is it a perfect pass, but just the fact that he made that throw shows that he he has situational awareness and he makes good decisions. And I see some people saying that he's not a good decision maker, and I feel like a lot of that is because he throws into tight windows. But when you have a quarterback that can make those throws, why would you not want him to make those throws into tight windows and, and hit those balls? Um, and then here's another thing I want to bring up. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about some advanced analytics for a moment. So specifically the. Ex- the expected points added numbers from last season, which essentially tell you how many points a specific play is expected to add to a team's score. Uh-huh. And it's, adjust- it's adjusted by opponents played, field position, and, and other factors. So if we look at where Baylor ranked relative to the rest of college football last year, in rushing offense, rushing defense, passing offense, and passing defense, of those four categories, Baylor ranked the lowest in passing offense at 41st in the country. And and Jerry Gary Gary was a good quarterback, but Shapin is, is simply a better passer of the football. And with Blake Shapin coming in with this offensive line that he's gonna be playing behind, with these receivers that Dave Aranda said he was impressed by, with the running game that seems like it's gonna be good. I'm going to say that Blake Shapin is a dark horse Heisman Trophy contender this season. What? Really? You're going there? I'm going there. Okay. Okay. All right. So, it's, all right, I, I'm assuming you see Shapin essentially fitting the mold and doing this offense in a similar way to um, – Ah, what's his name? The the, the quarterback at Tom, the, Tom Brady? No, Zach Wilson. <laughs> are you looking at Zach? Are you trying to say he's like Zach Wilson or something? Um, I I don't know about Zach Wilson. I see him as kind of like a I like a Drew Brees type. Like obviously he's not Drew Brees, but like just the way that he sits behind that offensive line and picks apart the defense and makes the right throws, not afraid to take the short gains and. He gets the ball out really early and on target, which is very important. And and this this offensive line is going to be the best in the Big 12, one of the best in the country. It's not going to break down. So all he has to do is sit back there, throw the ball, get the ball out within two or three seconds, get it on target, drive the team down the field, and he has sneaky legs. 
he is sneaky athletic. Like, for real, when that dude gets loose in the open field, he's one of those that if you're a linebacker and you don't expect it, you're going to like be looking behind you and he's smoking you like 15 yards behind you. Yeah. He's, exactly. he's very elusive. Uh, for me, man, I think this really came down to being able to stretch the field consistently. Um, you know, we talked about it when we did our podcast initially after the spring game, how when the guys came out, you never really saw anybody attack the secondary, go deep, uh, until CJ did it. I know Blake once Blake eventually started doing that, but that's something we wanted. I personally wanted to see from Gary. Um, you know, he he dropped some dimes during pro day, but as we mentioned, that is obviously not a live situation, and that's the chemistry he had established with those guys, in particularly Taquan Thornton. Uh, but in the spring game, he never really tried to stretch the field. It was more dink and dunk to the to the tight ends, which that's great. I mean, who wouldn't want to throw it to Ben Sims and Drake Dabney? I mean, they're great targets, but at the same time, you've got to prove that you can do something else besides just dump it down. And for last year, there were so many times when you would watch Gary that he would get complacent and he would try to, to check to Taekwon when there would be – like RJ Sneed would be wide open. He just never made the reads uh, and went through the, the passing progressions. And I think it eventually caught up with him. Um, as far as him hitting the portal, was that something you, you knew was coming? Um, and, and what are your thoughts on the portal situation with Gary? Um, I, I did expect him to hit the portal. I, first of all, I want to say I do feel bad for, for Gary, man. Um, I appreciate everything he did for this program. He poured his heart and soul into the team. He came to Baylor as a four-star quarterback when Baylor was two years removed from a scandal that almost tore down the program. Coming off of a 1-11 season, he he poured it all out for this team, but he simply just ended up getting beat out by a better player. And sometimes that happens. Um, but the portal specifically, there you released this article about the top five schools he could go to mm-hmm. one that intrigues me is missouri they, they don't have anyone right now and giving him that opportunity to go play in the sec that'd be huge for potentially getting into the nfl yeah i mean it would and i think it also would help you know getting well not necessarily getting closer to home but you're staying in your general vicinity to arkansas if you go to missouri if you're bohannon if if staying close to home is something that you're wanting to consider i think that would be a good option um, and I think that would probably be the easiest way to get on the field if you're him because he can go into that situation and, and really be the guy from day one. Um, my thing is, what type of offense? I feel like you he's going to have to go to more of a run-centric offense instead of a team looking to air it out. Like Maybe even a team that really likes to pride themselves on the option because when Gary gets going and gets an open face, he is so difficult to bring down, man. Yeah, well, I think it depends on whether he wants to go to the go to an offense where he'll have the most success this season, or the offense where he can have the most potential to become an NFL quarterback. Because he might want to go somewhere that'll develop him, or or will be willing to work with him and help him improve his passing skills rather than just trying to have him run the ball a lot. Yeah, I think I don't know if he's an NFL guy though. I, I mean, just. I feel like there's so much that goes into that, and I don't know that he can necessarily fix some of those intangibles to make it to the league. 
I feel like he's such one of those guys and he's such a natural leader that if he wanted to, he could easily transition into coaching, you know, seamlessly. I think even like absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you could start out as a as a quarterback guy. He would be a tremendous quarterback coach and be able to work his way up through the ranks. But I feel like that's an op more so of a, a likely long term option that we would see than an NFL opportunity. That and that's just me. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't see him as an NFL starting caliber quarterback either. But he certainly has the work ethic to potentially turn into someone who who could contribute. Like, there's a lot of backup jobs, and with the work ethic he has, like we've heard stories about Dave Randall walking in at six a.m. and Jerry, Gary's standing there at the coffee machine. So, with that work ethic, if he if he keeps working on his passing skills, then it's possible. So yesterday, or on our last podcast, we took a look at the the schedule and we we gave our predictions for the regular season. I went eight and four with Baylor and I still sit with that. Um, does really? this, yeah, I do. Does this decision influence your prediction that we did? Yeah, I'm going to throw out, throw out the loss to Oklahoma. I, I say Baylor goes undefeated this regular season. 12 and 0. 12 and 0. <laughs> 12 and 0. All and then right. wins the Big 12 championship. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm going to ride with 8-4. Yeah, as it, long as the secondary is, is halfway decent, which I think it will be. No, they're definitely going to be good. Uh, there's just so many uncertainties and, and big shoes to fill on that back end. And like I said, I, I really feel like you're going to get a firm understanding and sense of what to expect from that group coming out of that BYU game. That's really when they're going to be tested because BYU is going to throw the ball down the field left and right, or they're going to try to, you know, and I think that's when you're really going to get a good parameter of what to see out of that unit, man. But I just feel like there's a lot of changes. Um, you're going to have some new, there's just so much to going into this season. I like what Baylor has from an experienced standpoint in the trenches. I just mm-hmm. feel like you might have lost a little too much power from playmakers to make up. And plus well, with the I, schedule with it being so many road games. I think that because Baylor brought back those trenches, um, <clears throat> that'll be enough to keep them where they were last year. I think the run game will be just as good, if not better, because in this wide zone offense, a lot of it depends on the offensive line who's coming back. And then the guys we saw, Tate McWilliams and Craig Williams, look really good. Um, so I think the team will be basically where they were last year, and then they're upgrading a quarterback. So that takes them to another level. Yeah, I, that, that's a really good point. Uh, and I hope you're right. I hope you're, you really are right, and, and we'll find out. But really what this all comes down to is the culture that's been established here, right? Like, like what Coach Aranda has brought, people know what to expect. You're coming into year three of Aranda, year two for a majority of the staff. So there's really not putting in a new offense. You're not going to have to put in a new defense. It's just business as usual. And the really it, the mantra of this team has been person over player the entire time. And I think when you see this situation unfold uh, with Gary and Blake, and Coach Aranda making the announcement to do it now and give Gary an opportunity to get in the portal before it cuts off on May 1st was really essential to the fabric of this team. 
Let's dive a little bit into this next and what this means for Baylor going forward and the culture that they have here on the Bears Illustrated podcast. into the Bears Illustrated podcast and let's dive right into this man. The culture that's been established here by Coach Aranda and his staff is really remarkable. Look, I, I, I'm an LSU fan and I've, I've seen Coach Aranda, I knew what he was bringing to the table when Baylor made this hire. Uh, a really sound guy, very mindful. Uh, he's he's a philosopher. He's a guy who is he's strictly business. He's not afraid to make the tough decisions, um, and you're starting to see that. I think you really saw that after year one when the offense was pretty average at best under Larry Fedora, and they needed to make a change, um, and he didn't hesitate it. He didn't deny it. He didn't wait around. He made the hard decision quick, moved on, and the program benefited from it. I, I think this is just another situation um, – Look, they did. They went through this last year, right? When Bohannon beat out Jacob Zeno for the battle for the position, Zeno hit the transfer portal. Um, it, it's just one of those things in football now where you know you're going to have you're going to have roster movement from year to year if you're a coaching staff. But it's about what you can do and what you can establish in house to make players want to stay and be a part of your culture. But it's also about giving players an opportunity when they're no longer a fit to take advantage. And I think what, what coach Aranda did in this situation with Gary Bohannon really speaks volumes to his class, um, the type of man he is. And it's really what is the fabric of, of Baylor football right now. What were your, what are your thoughts on the situation and, and Dave Aranda sticking to his word? First off, he, he came out and said, I will make a decision after spring. A lot of guys might've, hesitated say well you know what we we said that going in it's still a little too close to call and we're going to make our decision in the fall right and then you get to the fall you make the decision and it's too late for the player to find the portal but he didn't do that he he was stuck true to his word uh what are your thoughts on on Aranda's his his demeanor his, the way he carries this team and how he handled this situation in particular yeah how he handled this situation tells us that he's a winner he's a good person and he is everything we thought he was, both as a football coach and as a man. First of all, when you announce that you're going to have a quarterback competition, the right thing to do is to actually choose the guy who played better and who who showed that he's the better quarterback. And sometimes coaches don't do that because it's a tough decision. It's it's one that is going to get lashed back. But Dave Aranda wasn't afraid to make the, make the decision and, and choose Blake Shapin to be that quarterback. And you nailed it. Making those tough decisions is what makes a great coach. Um, so far, everything we've seen from him tell, has told us that he's a good coach. He, he's established a particular culture at Baylor. He's brought in guys and recruited guys that fit that culture. He's put together a coaching staff that will make these players and make the team successful. Um and you mentioned how he fired Larry Fedora immediately, as a t- and that was a tough, tough decision. Um, but nothing comes close to the decision of choosing a quarterback and and choosing to bench a, a fifth year senior who who put everything in for this team because it's better for the team to play Blake Shapin. And and again, of course, it's it shows that he's a really good person to 
like the fact that he did this before May 1st, you, you think back to Lincoln Riley and when he was pulling along the quarterback battle with Kyler Murray, I forget the name, but the guy who was battling him, um, <clears throat> and he, he pulled it out so far that the guy couldn't transfer. But Dave Randa showed class, like you said. He showed that he's a good person, and, and this had to be a gut-wrenching thing for him to do, but he put the team first and, and made the decision that will give the team the best chance to win at the highest level. Yeah, and I think it's just indicative of, of what he brings to the table. And, you know, they could have easily cleaned house when, when he came in and said, you know what, I'm a, I didn't recruit any of these guys, uh, especially at the quarterback position. I'm, a, I'm just going to start over. And, and he could have went to the transfer portal and, and grabbed anybody he wanted and did that. But he didn't. He and Plus, think about all the adversity that Aranda and his staff have gone through this entire time, right? Like, it's your first year to ever be a head coach, your first head coaching job, and boom, you get hit with the pandemic. And then, you know, you have to make staff changes. You go 2-8, and eight, uh, and people are like, what the hell is going on here? Well, then you make the more staff changes. You got recruiters like Joey McGuire leaving and bailing for Texas Tech. Uh, that's created a rift in the recruiting battle. But even with that situation, if you think about the, the Joey McGuire situation, uh, Randa was right there, and he was fully supportive of it. Um, and I think that just really – why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? It, whether you're a coach, whether you're a player, if you're a parent of a player, why wouldn't you want them to go and be in a sound environment and with guy? And not only that, but – Guy that who has proven track record of developing talent and getting it ready for the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Why would you not want your son to play for Coach Aranda? He's shown that he's going to do the best thing for not only the team, but also each individual on the team. And you want you want to play for a guy like that. Just the fact that he allowed Jerry, allowed Gary to transfer gave him time to potentially go choose another school instead of locking it, locking him in to stay at Baylor and be a backup. You know that if you send your son to play at Baylor, maybe they won't be successful at Baylor on the football field, but Aranda will do everything that he can to help them have an opportunity elsewhere if, if that's what it takes. Something else, I think, I think this also showed that Dave Aranda has evolved. Because his first season, obviously it's difficult when you're a first-year head coach, but I think that he probably should have benched Charlie Brewer because Charlie wasn't playing that well. He probably should have benched him and played either Gary or Jacob Zeno, and he didn't. And it's hard when you're you're there, it's your first year, and the guy just is coming off of making the Big 12 championship game. It's all, it, he did it now. It's also difficult, too, like in that situation where Bohannon had done so much. I mean, uh, that uh, – Brewer had done so much at that time for Baylor. If yeah. you would have benched him, you might have completely lost the team. That's fair, especially because the guys who were on the team at the time were mostly guys who had played with and developed with Charlie Brewer for a while. Um, but that said, he, he made the tough decision now. And he, this takes him from being a good coach to being a great coach, in my opinion, because the great coaches are the ones who make – winning decisions and this was a winning decision he's a he's a championship winning coach 
Baylor football will have a national championship within six years. If they are going to have a national championship within six years, one of the teams they're going to have to go through to get there is going to be Iowa State. And we're going to check in with the Cyclones coming up next as we're joined by Nick Osen. You're listening to the Bears Illustrated podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. back into the Bears Illustrated podcast where we head to Ames, Iowa and are joined by Nick Osen who covers the Cyclones for 24-7 Sports. Nick, what's up, man? How you doing? Always great talking to you, man. How are you guys? Good, man. Good. Good. Glad to have you on. Nick, let's jump into this, man. So the Cyclones have, have – spring has come and gone for the Cyclones and Matt Campbell. Uh, what were some of your biggest takeaways coming out of camp? Yeah, so I would say number one is, you know, kind of a question mark which was going to be at quarterback, I think it's going to be a real positive for Iowa State. Hunter Deckers, he, he showed me a lot, you know, in these small opportunities in spring ball. I think he's tightened up his release. I think it looks really clean, and I've heard great things about his leadership as well. And then I would also say that, you know, even though the defense lost a lot of talent, presumably a few picks that we're going to hear at the NFL draft, uh, I think the defense is going to be another strength. I really do, especially, uh, you know, the corners. Safeties are pretty good. Corners are deep. And I'd say the defense was ahead of the offense. So I've got some high expectations there, too. Besides from Hunter Deckers, who are a couple of players who impressed you um, in the spring? Yeah, so one that, you know, was generally expected was Xavier Hutchinson, a star wideout. You know, could have gone to the NFL. He's back. Uh, but then some names that, you know, I wasn't quite as familiar with. Uh, were a true freshman wideout, Greg Gaines. I'm not sure, you know, quite what type of run he's going to get this year, but he's got NFL-type talent. Another true freshman, Cartavius Norton. Uh, running back, he's going to be really good. Maybe the best pure runner on the team already. And then on defense, Miles Purchase, a corner. He's likely to start. He was around the team last year, but, wow, he's got the athleticism, you know, technique. He made some kind of jump-out plays, jumping routes, things like that. Those are a few names for you to definitely keep track of soon. 
I want to talk a little bit more about Greg Gaines. I know this is a kid that was really high, highly touted coming out. What are some of the things that make him unique and make him fit that system that the Cyclones run? Yeah, so he's really got the whole package, you know, especially for like a young wideout. Uh, he's really starting to get the technique down. He's built well. He's athletic. And he's got pretty good speed for his size. You know, I've heard that he's honestly already put a lot of time in, like studying extra film, you know, asking questions of some of the older players, coaches, things like that. And I actually recently got to speak with him and his dad a little bit. I, I really think the sky's the limit for Gaines. As you mentioned, Iowa State lost a lot of guys this offseason. Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, um, the names go on. But what are your expectations for this season? Yeah, so I think that the team is going to be relatively around expectations, which I think are hovering around 500. I think from what I've seen, I think they could do a little better than that. I've got them around seven wins, you know, likely getting to a bowl game because I think there is so much young talent. You know, the staff is back. And like I said, quarterback, I think is going to be a strength, which is obviously a big deal, you know, really at any level, especially big time college football you know, in the Big 12. And then I think that secondary is going to help too. You know, the pass rush and kind of front seven on defense, front six with Iowa State might not be quite what it was last year, you know, not quite as much NFL talent. But I think they'll have a winning record and get to a bowl game. I think that'd probably be a successful season with who they lost. So I was going over an article the other day. It was uh, written by Dean Strucker from our, our main site here at 247 Sports. And it was really the basis of trap games for teams this year. And one of the ones for Iowa State was Kansas. And me and Pernay have talked in the past about how Kansas is one of those teams that while you look over them year in and year out, you really can't sleep on this team. They have low-key have a lot of talent there. What are your thoughts on Kansas being a trap game for Iowa State? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if there would be a trap game, I think that's a great pick because I actually have looked at Kansas a lot, uh, you know, two more than I would have expected. I think that the talent is already improved. I think that they made some real legitimate moves with the transfer portal, especially at running back. So I think, like I said, the talent will be there. They've got some, you know, notable wins the last couple of years, as, as we all know, especially around the Big 12. And in my opinion, they're really well coached. Do I think that's a game Iowa State should lose? Of course not. But I think that it is one, you know, that they could lose if, if they weren't prepared and, you know, maybe overlooked because I think that Kansas is making some legitimate moves to you know kind of be more of a 500 type contender in the conference soon i want to jump back to iowa state for a second and specifically uh ask you about matt campbell so he's a guy who came in a few years ago and has almost already almost matched iowa state's all-time ball wins he has a new year six bowl win with the fiesta bowl um and we're talking about all the talent they lost last year they came in with really high expectations and, and fell short of those expectations. So are you concerned at all with how high he could take this team or do you think it's just a matter of time? Yeah, really good question. I'm actually not too concerned. I think that this might be an opportunity for him to, you know, kind of get everybody back level-headed and to show this might be his best coaching job yet. I, I know from being around the staff and, you know, the team a little bit this spring that, I think inside there's a little more, you know, let's say motivation and, you know, kind of optimism than there really is in the national landscape. And from what I've seen, I, I see no reason why there shouldn't be. I know that Campbell's felt like they've had a good spring and obviously there's a lot of time before the season gets going. Now, I think if that became more of a pattern, then you would maybe begin to question or, or have concern. But 
I'm pretty high on Campbell and the staff and, you know, truly, especially since basketball is over, I can't wait to get to the Jack Trice and really see what things are about this year. So when you look at this roster, obviously when you lose guys like Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, that's going to be a big blow from your offense. But what do you think the strength of this team is as we're heading into 2022? Yeah. So I think this year's team is going to be able to run the ball in multiple different ways. And obviously you think maybe why do you say that after losing Brees Hall, but Hunter Decker's a quarterback possesses a little more speed and certainly more athleticism than, than Purdy did, you know, kind of just being able to run the ball. Plus I think that there are going to be multiple options at running back. You know, I mentioned Norton, uh, there's Sanders, Jarrell Brock, who's actually been around for a while and, you know, has kind of earned the, the starting spot as of now, which I think he should be. And I think the team's going to have to, you know, kind of get a little creative. I think that eventually they'll be able to stretch the field through that. Deckers has a big arm. And, you know, I mentioned some of the deep threats already, like Hutchinson. But I think running the ball, both with, you know, quarterbacks, um, kind of some of the H-backs, and then obviously a loaded running back room, I think are going to be a major strength for Iowa State this year. As a guy who grew up in Delaware, I got to bring up Colby Reader, who's a grad transfer linebacker from the University of Delaware. So have you gotten a chance to observe him and what are your expectations for him? Definitely have. And and we actually got a chance to speak with him once as well. You know, he admitted it's been a bit of a learning curve, uh, you know, learning this defense. I believe he said this is his fourth different defense in five years, which is obviously a lot for anyone to handle. But no, he's a guy that's had a really good spring. They were you know, incredibly impressed with him in winter workouts. And he's gotten some time running with the ones at, at spring ball as well. You know, I think he moves pretty well for his size. He's a very smart player. And like I said, some of those leadership attributes have really stuck out to, you know, an otherwise young defense. So I think he's a name that you will hear plenty this fall. And, you know, shout out to Delaware in your case. <laughs> Glad to hear that. <laughs> Nick, so the game, the name of the game right now is really NIL. Like, what can you do for me? How can you find ways to, to get me paid if I'm an athlete? What are some of the things that Iowa State has in plan, has in place? Or what are some of the things that they're looking to put in place uh, to help from the NIL front? Yeah, you know, really uh, kind of perfect timing with this. Obviously, with basketball, uh, you know, star Tyrese Hunter just left, and NIL has been a big conversation here. So recently, um, you know, kind of some big names in the community put together a collective uh, called We Will. And I think that, you know, while they may not say right up front it's going to be an opportunity for some of the younger guys or maybe to get people from the portal, you know, they're kind of saying the focus right now is, we're going to use this to keep our current players, right? You've seen in college basketball, some players have tested the portal, a local, you know, collective or company gets them some money and they come back to the team. So I think really with the, the, the we will um, collective for now, I think they're going to try to stop that while, you know, maintaining and, and uh, kind of replenishing some of the, I guess, you know, options around here with the Cyclones. I think that it's, a little early for it to make a lot of impact here in Ames. I think that definitely they're going to need to have, you know, not only donations, but time to kind of watch this grow. But, you know, as, as you said, like the college landscape, basketball or football is really changing. And I think that this is going to be an opportunity for, you know, alums and people around the community to come together. And it's going to really show how Iowa State can contend in this in this new era. Uh, so I just got two more questions for you. Uh, one is, so Iowa State recently announced the Nick Bassett Perseverance Award. 
and its first winners are offensive lineman Zach Ross and DB Tavon Kyle, both redshirt seniors. So what is this what does this award mean for the team and what about those two players specifically got him to win it? Yeah, so you know it's it's a really nice award that they're doing and you know it's kind of generalized uh for the team, basically for players that you know, from what I've gathered, either on the field or, or off the field, maybe dealt with some, I'll use the word adversity. Uh, I use it loosely in this sense, but, you know, maybe things weren't the most smooth, right? They weren't getting as much playing time as they hoped, or, you know, they dealt with something bigger and, and they stuck around and either evolved on the field or, you know, kind of more of a leader. I'll say that for sure about Kyle. And I think it's just a, a cool way both to recognize those players and also, you know, kind of remember and, uh, memorialize um, a major, you know, kind of person and um, fan in the community that that obviously Iowa State and its community lost recently. And yeah, I, I think it's really nice and uh, you know impressive what Iowa State and the program are doing. Certainly, Nick, I want to I want to talk a little bit of recruiting here. Uh, and obviously, Hunter Deckers is going to be the guy this season. Uh, but I couldn't help but notice the excitement coming out of Ames, coming from your feed as well, regarding the, the 2023 commit and J.J. Cole at the quarterback position. What can you tell us about Cole? Yeah, he, he's a guy that uh, I've you know had the opportunity to speak with uh, many times. Really impressive kid on and off the field. He's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, re- excuse me, really big size. He's 6'6", 6'7", uh, can move pretty well for his size really make all the throws and you know he had some big time offers uh Penn State you know Florida State Wisconsin Minnesota like offers really really all over and while I don't think it hurt that he is a legacy here at Iowa State his father was a player here um back in the 90s I believe um you know Campbell and the staff really made him feel like a priority since the beginning of his recruitment you know first offer for him uh wanting him at all the camps you know team meetings things like that and what stood out most to me is, you know, you maybe sometimes get a sense of a player. I'm happy with where I'm at or, you know, I'm just kind of happy to be here. And he's someone that has really kind of shown and, and exudes to me this desire to maybe overachieve and, and, you know, get this level of greatness. And, yeah, there was a lot of excitement. I'm glad you saw that, you know, community. I know the team's excited about it. And. You know, quite honestly, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think that Deckers is going to be the guy for a couple of years. But when Cole steps in, I think he's got a legitimate shot to start pretty early. I think the only thing you maybe worry about with him is, you know, an ability or, or maybe a lack of mobility if he continues to grow and put on more size. But right now, I think he's got all the tools and the mind to do it out there. Last question I've got for you. As someone covering a Big 12 opponent from the outside, what are your expectations for Baylor this season? And, and what do you think of Blake Shapin winning the quarterback job? Yeah, obviously, you know, some major news uh, around Baylor recently. You know, I was reading up on that. And I would say, while I know that, you know, some of the recent success has been really impressive with the Bears, I'm pretty high on that staff. And I know that, you know, they've got a lot of talent. You mentioned the quarterback battle. I'm excited to see them, and I would expect them to be, you know, one of the top teams in the conference probably again and potentially if, you know, Aranda's there for years to come. I I knew him for a while. Obviously, he spent a little time at my alma mater, Wisconsin. So I think that he's really one of the top coaches in the land. I think what he's done with them is 
very impressive, and I don't see why it shouldn't continue down in Waco. Nick, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and where they can find your work at. Definitely. So you can find me, you know, on Twitter, uh, mostly at the real Nick Osen, O S E N. You know, my man Garrett looks out for me there. <laughs> and uh, my work, part of the Two Four Seven Sports Network as well, uh, Cyclone Alert. Just a quick Google search, or you know, online, and the uh, URL bar will work either way. And we've got plenty of news. You know, college basketball transfer portal, recruiting, everything going right now. Certainly, thank you. All right, there he goes. That's Nick Osen from uh, Iowa State's 24-7 sports site. And that's all the time we have today. We appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next time on the Bears Illustrated podcast.